0: When you say, oh, the Lord wouldn't be interested in that, and you handle it on your own, then we deny the Lord the very place that he wants to have within our hearts and within our lives. Now, that's the extent to which we should trust the Lord in all our ways and with all of our hearts. But now notice the examination required. It says, lean not to thine own understanding. And we have to examine the tendency of trusting our own thinking. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. On the air each day, we seek to bring the Lord's Word, we call this Let the the Bible speak, and truly we desire to do that. We want God to hide His Word in your heart. The psalmist prayed that the Lord would hide His Word in His heart, that He might not sin against Him. And there is no antidote to sin like the Bible. The Bible will keep you from sin. Of course, it's also true that sin will keep you from the Bible. Those who want the pleasures of this world and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, when they come to the Bible, they will feel convicted. They will be driven to either deny it or confess their sin and turn to the Lord. However, we desire that God will do his, its work, His work in your heart through His Word. And in Proverbs chapter 3, we have uh, this exhortation. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And this is good instruction. This is what we must do when we come to the crossroads and the decisions of life, whether we go left, right, straight ahead, or backwards. We need the light of God's Word, and that's our message today. We also have a hymn story on Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Every hymn has its own story, and I'm hoping that we can learn some of these, and that today that you will take to heart just how God works through His people. Stay tuned now as we turn to our message to Let the Bible Speak. That as I look into your face today that there is something pressing in your life that's calling you to surrender. It's not just you to do your own thing. It's not just you to go your own way, but as a Christian and your spirit, the Lord's witness in your own heart, sometimes we call that conscience, but if it's the Lord convicting It really is the voice of the Lord in your soul, and he is calling you to surrender on this issue. That's that's what's called for here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then it goes on to say in the next verse, in all thy ways, in all thy ways. A Christian, of course, trusts the Lord in every detail of life. We're to trust the Lord with our soul. That's salvation. And you might say, well, that's why I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be saved. I want to have a Savior that will present me one day to God the Father, spotless, ready for heaven. That's why I'm a Christian, because the Lord will take care of my soul. But then, How to give account of the judgment seat, that takes it a step further. And the decisions that you make as a Christian, remember that one day we give account. Every word, every deed, indeed the idle words, we will give account. And so therefore, we need to do the right thing in the right way. What about our souls in times of earthly trouble, when you're tempted? When you feel the devil's attack, when you feel so empty, when you feel so confused, do you trust in the Lord in all your ways? What about your weaknesses, your phobias? And we're all different in that area. The thing that I fear and the thing that you fear may be very different, but we have fears. Where do we take those fears? What about our finances? And these are days of struggle for many people to pay their bills and make sure they live within their means. And then there's our health. In all our ways, we are told to trust in the Lord. What about when we lose our wallet? I can't find it. Maybe I left it somewhere in It's been taken. What do you do? Surely if we're going to trust the Lord in the great big issues as salvation of our souls, we need to be able to trust the Lord with the little tiny issues, like where we lost our keys or our wallet, or how we're going to pay that bill. Some people have a thought, and I can understand it, that it's selfish to pray about little things when there are multitudes of people dying with hunger in the world. In Sudan, Yemen, various other countries where there is drought and war. And here I am asking the God of heaven to help me with the little minutia of life. And all the while the world is in such trouble. Would the God of heaven have any interest in hearing my cry and my little need in my particular hour. That thought coming to you might say, well, it's wrong to pray for that. It might even be the devil's suggestion to keep you from praying over that. And I think the answer is given to us in the Sermon on the Mount, where the Lord, speaking about the lilies and the birds of the air, and he taught his people to be not anxious of the morrow. Take no thought of the morrow. And he went on to talk about every hair on our head is numbered. And for some, that's a bigger task than others. And that every sparrow that falls The Lord sees, and he went on to say, "'Of how much more value are ye? "'And if our Father takes care of the falling sparrow, "'will he not take care of you?' "'And so it is right, and it is glorifying to God "'whenever we bring our needs, our cares, "'and our burdens unto him. "'And in doing so, we are obeying that command,' About, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, are you doing that? Are you doing that? This now is where truth becomes application, where the preacher not only says what's right and wrong from the Bible, but now closes the matter in your life. The decisions, the things that are troubling you, are you willing to take them to the Lord and trust the Lord with all thine heart in all thy ways? Now, if we're honest, we'll probably say, well, I do it in that area, but I don't always do it in that area. And there comes the struggle. Matthew Henry, I call on him again to help us. He said, we must serve God with our estates, because that's the way to be rich. And he was talking about what's said down there in verse 9 and 10 about honoring the Lord with our substance. Now, if God takes note of the percentage of our estates, and he sees how we honor the Lord. He knows everything and we see that he's interested in everything. So never let the thought enter your mind and deter you from prayer and bringing your little needs to the Lord. Because in reality, what can be little in relation to the problems of the wars of this world, they are the things that will make you either godly or denying that the Lord is your shepherd, when you bring them to him, praying for guidance and help, you honor him, you exalt him. When you say, oh, the Lord wouldn't be interested in that, and you handle it on your own, then we deny the Lord the very place that he wants to have within our hearts and within our lives. Now, that's the extent to which we should trust the Lord in all our ways and with all of our hearts. But now notice the examination required. It says, lean not to thine own understanding. And we have to examine the tendency of trusting our own thinking trusting our own experience. And we are all in need of correction on this because, well, our understanding is flawed, and we are fallible. We're prone to mistake, and we have to learn to distrust ourselves and put our trust in the Lord. And I think that everyone would agree that this is certainly true of the unconverted man, the person who's not a Christian. He's rebellious to God. He will not pray about it. He will not bring it to the Lord. But it must also be said about the Christian, must also be said about the person who says, the Lord is my Savior, that we are still prone to lean to our own understanding. We know that The Pharisees in Jesus' day, well, they were so self-absorbed that they missed the message. And that's the danger, becoming so self-absorbed, unable to see the big picture because we're so wrapped up in the situation ourselves. We trend, of course, to trust in what worked before. And that's why the older Christian is no safer than the younger Christian, because the older Christian says, well, when I was in that situation 10 years ago, and I did that, and it worked out this way, I'll do it again. And you begin to lean on your experience and not on the Lord. And you begin to trust in your savvy instincts, in your own ability, and in your own past, successes and different situations. And even for the more mature Christian, the moms, the dads, the grandparents that are here, we have to take heed to this, not to lean upon our own understanding. We must also examine the methods by which we acknowledge the Lord. You'll notice there in that verse 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him. How do you do that, in real terms? A quick prayer, someone runs into the prayer meeting or to their prayer closet, and two minutes later, they run out, I got the answer! They just prayed very briefly. Or a quick Bible verse. You know, you've got a decision to make, you've got a thing to answer, and you've got a thing to sort out, and uh, you just flick through your Bible, There's a verse. I'll do that. Is that how we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways? If we do that, then we're not much better than people who read the tea leaves in the cup. And they say, well, that looks like that picture. I'll do that. No. We as Bible students and as men and women of prayer, we must learn that the Lord leads by careful study of the Word. If you've got a big decision to make, read your Bible more than ever. If you've got something to cry to the Lord for, pray more often. Pray that matter through. Do not do so in a a very light, cursory manner. This word acknowledge, it means to learn, to study to study the Lord, acknowledge Him. Well, remember that He's holy, and a holy God would never want me to do that. God is wise, and if He says it in the Bible, He knows better than me, so I'll trust Him in what He has said in His Word. God is good, and if this is His will, even though I may not particularly like it, if this is God's will and he's good, always good, as we learn from our friends in Liberia, God is good all the time, then we trust him for what he knows and what he says. Now I want to go back to Hezekiah because Hezekiah is a great example of the king who trusted the Lord. And if you go back with me here to uh, 2 Kings 18 verse 5, you will see that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. But how did he do it? That's the question. How did he do it? So that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. So he is an outstanding example. But how did he do it? Verse 6, For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. So there is the manner in which Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. He clave to him. Uh, We would put it in our language, he clung to him. He stayed really close to the Lord. And in our all things and in our daily decisions, we need to have nothing between us and the Lord, no unconfessed sin, no barriers, no, nothing that's breaking the communication line between us and God. We need to live really close to him, to cling to him, and depart not from following him. Are you doing that? Because that's how you trust him. That's in real terms how you trust in the Lord and then keep his commandments. Now, that is in total keeping of what we learn in Proverbs. Let's go back to chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. And so we are a people of the book. We are a people of God's word. And we do not trust the Lord in some abstract, mysterious manner. We obey the book. We obey the commandments, the law of the Lord. We take that to heart and we claim the Lord's guidance and the Lord's help in all of those decisions. And of course, in that way, we are delivered. Now, one more thing and we're done. We must also examine that we acknowledge the Lord only. You see, the subtlety of the heart is to state that we trust in the Lord and then we lean on our bank account. Then we rest on the figures that are on the spreadsheet. And then we rest on projections of whatever else is going to develop. You'll notice in verse 3 of Proverbs, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck. Now, that is like a chain, a gold chain that would be placed around someone's neck, and it's like a a wedding ring. It's the mark that I'm committed. It is the mark that this is the only one to whom I am wedded. And when Solomon is saying to his son, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, but bind them about thy neck, that's commitment. That's proclaiming. Publishing, making it known, I'm trusting in the Lord only. And that's the way to blessing, that's the way to victory. So we throw away our idols, we throw away everything else that we trust in, everything that we might lean on, and we look to the Lord. And I hope that you will be like Hezekiah the Lord was with him. And we know of all the great things that God did through the life of Hezekiah. So, fathers, to be leaders, be a Christian who follows Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And we know that he will not fail you. He will be with you. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us. It's a real privilege to minister the Lord's Word to your heart today, and I trust that there will be a word right just for your own soul. We're coming to this uh, beautiful hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Robert Robinson had a rough beginning. His father died when he was young, and his mother, unable to control him, sent him to London to learn barbering. What he learned instead was drinking and gang life. When he was seventeen, he and his friends reportedly visited a fortune-teller. Relaxed by alcohol, they laughed as she tried to tell their fortunes. But something about the encounter bothered Robert, and that evening he suggested to his buddies that they attend the evangelistic meeting being held by George Whitfield. Whitfield was one of history's greatest preachers, with a voice that was part of foghorn and part violin. That night he preached from Matthew 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bursting into tears, Whitfield exclaimed, O oh, my hearers, the wrath to come, the wrath to come. Robert immediately sobered up and sensed Whitfield was preaching directly to him. The preacher's words haunted him for nearly three years, until December 10, 1755, when he gave his heart to Christ. Robert soon entered the ministry three years later, at age 23, while serving Calvinistic Methodist Chapel in Norfolk, England, he wrote a hymn for his sermon on Pentecost Sunday. It was a prayer that the Holy Spirit flood into our hearts with his streams of mercy, enabling us to sing God's praises and remain faithful to him. This hymn, Come, Thou Fount of Every Blessing, has been a favorite of the church since that day. Robinson continued working for the Lord until 1790 when he was invited to Birmingham, England to preach for Dr. Joseph Priestley, a noted Unitarian. There, on the morning of June 8, he was found dead at age 54, having passed away quietly during the night. Take a few moments to offer this hymn as a personal prayer especially remembering those last insightful lines. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. O, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Been listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gollaher, and I hope that you have benefited today from our message on trusting the Lord with all your heart. I wonder, are you a Hezekiah? Are you one who trusted in the Lord with all your heart? Well, what does it mean to acknowledge the Lord? What does it mean to put your trust in Him? And to acknowledge God in all your decisions. Well, it means to delight in the very thing in which God delights. And we are to be in sync with God's will in that manner. Now, how did he trust the Lord? We are told that he cleave to the Lord and kept his commandments. He stayed really close to the Lord And, of course, we do that by Bible study, by earnest, close reading of the Scriptures, memorizing those things that are God's commands for us. And when we take delight in His Word, well, we shall find that we will have the mind of the Lord when it comes to take those decisions in life. And so, make sure that you get your decisions from the Bible and Cling to the Lord. He will guide you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to W L